offering several teachable moments, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast that seeks to squelch nasty rumors. Stung by a Portuguese man-o'-war at age 10, it's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. It's your old buddy, Uncle Doug. My Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, tells you that I am a Medicare expert, but in reality, I'm just your old buddy, Uncle Doug, and I'm looking for just a little bit of quality time that I can spend with people who are facing the prospect of uh, approaching Medicare. And the point I'm here to uh, help you with is to make it a, a happy experience, to make it less confusing, to make it less frightening and less uh, less trepidatious. I want you to be comfortable with the fact that you're approaching Medicare. You're likely to come out on the other side of your encounter with Medicare with stronger insurance coverage, with a less uh, a smaller uh, dollar cost. And ultimately, you're probably going to say, well, I'm in pretty good shape. Doug did me solid, and it's going to be a beautiful life from here on out. That's the goal, anyway. I'm always uh, happy when I can help people, and one of the ways that I try to help people is to offer my book. It's a fairly short read, but it explains Medicare in no uh, uncertain way that uh, would be confusing. It simplifies the whole Medicare explanation. There are four types of books you can get from Amazon.com. You can get the hardcover, you can get the soft cover, you can get the Kindle, and you can get the Audible if you want to hear me read it to you. But basically, what I've got here, according to people that have read the book, I've got a very good explanation of what Medicare is all about and how it's uh, how it's going to benefit you and how you can make sure that your encounter with Medicare is a, uh, a profitable one or at least a happy one. So we are in the middle of a two-episode uh, arc here where we have uh, uh, milked, <laughs> to the extent possible, the uh, podcast known as Little Joe's Conservative Corner. Little Joe runs a conservative podcast. He often goes through the news of the day and then gives his opinions about the various news story stories that he uh, has encountered. And I contacted him and I said, if you want to talk about Medicare, potentially uh, the uh, delving into the what I consider to be a Medicare scam, that's the perpetration of uh, Medicare Advantage plans. Uh, and if you want to talk about anything else relating to Medicare, then you may, your older listeners may find it uh, helpful. But I said, let's not make it too political because, frankly, uh, my uh, my uh, clients are of all political persuasions, and I never impose my political views on my clients. I only want to help them deal with Medicare to the extent that they need help. 
And I, as a licensed agent, I can represent them to the insurance companies. I can get them the best coverage available. And I don't ever ask and I don't ever care what their political persuasions are. And Joe and I agreed with that. There are many things in life that uh, should not be politicized. And so he and I basically just had a really uh, a fun 30-minute conversation large chunk of it about Medicare, but then we touched on some other subjects as well. So we did the first half in the last podcast episode of Medicare for the Lazy Man. And with Randy's help, we're going to do the second half of the episode, the uh, interview that I did with uh, Joe, little Joe and his conservative corner. So let's play that, Randy, shall we? Told the public to never allow one iota of risk in our drug program, which drove up the costs of drug acquisitions for every company that makes drugs. They had to make sure there wasn't going to be another thalidomide. And if you walk into a drug company and say the word thalidomide, they're going to run for cover. Uh, (laughs) Naturally, I imagine they would. Um, Do you think, though, that some of the drugs that they've done years and, I mean, decades and decades of research on, and they have all the data on, you don't think that the costs in manufacturing them now should be so much cheaper and more affordable, especially to people that are on subsidy plans like uh, what you're you're doing uh, to make their lives a little bit more easy? I do agree with that. I want the drug companies to get their expenses back and have a a reasonable profit. And then after that, that's where generic drugs came from. When the patent runs out on a drug, the drug company can't have a a monopoly on that drug anymore. And other companies can come in and make a lookalike, a generic that theoretically works equally well. So uh, I'm fine with drugs being inexpensive for people to buy. I just want to make sure that the drug companies are able to have the investment money to bring new drugs to market when we have the need for them. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you're a capitalist, that's the only way to be, it does get to a point, like you said, when a patent runs out, um, for example, I know one of the big things was insulin under Trump. Mm -hmm. Insulin got down to something that was very reasonable and affordable for people that absolutely have to have it daily. And then as soon as Biden got in the white house, he reversed that and insulin shot up. However, four times as much as it was. It's, and it, It's coming back. Yeah. It's coming back now. So people that have to take insulin are going to find a more benign uh, cost associated with the insulin. I'm not an expert, so I don't know how many different types of insulin there are. But sure. there's a 30, $35 a month program that's being instituted. I think it's by some insurance companies, and that's going to be a marketing ploy for them. They're going to say, hey, come to us if you have diabetes, and we can help you out better than other insurance companies can. Sure. Hey, now, you, with the, as far as the guys lying, Joe Namath and whatnot, do you think that um, they're believers in the program, or do you think they're just paid actors that are uh, doing uh, what they're told? You can see the you can see the paychecks sticking out of their pockets <laughs> if you look real close. But you know, I can't blame Joe Namath for that, and I can't blame Jimmy JJ Walker. Sure, for you got to make some money. Absolutely. What they're, you know, somebody hands them a script and says, read this stuff and and do it in a very, you know, happy way. And then pretty, and you move your hands around. They look like dinosaurs with the little short arms. Oh yeah. But when they, when they are finished, they have delivered a message that is false. And the reason that message is false is when you call that number, you are calling an insurance agent, just like me, there's some guy 
probably Daddy Warbucks sitting in an office with a bunch of people on a telephone. Uh, you know, it's like a hot box. And they will shove people into these Medicare Advantage plans. And when people say, well, what about the free lunch you promised me? What about the ride to my doctor's appointment? What about all this other free stuff? Well, that's not available in your area unless you live in the ghetto. Now, if you live in the ghetto, the government will pony up additional cost for all of these things because they want people who can't get to the doctor's office to have a way to get there. They'll pay extra for that benefit to be included. You won't find that out in the suburbs. You will only find that in areas that the average caller is not likely to be from. And so it's the promises they make don't apply. They make it sound like they apply universally to everybody. You can get this wonderful stuff, but it's not true for most people. Now, do you think that they do that in the more low-income areas as a political ploy, or do you think that they're truly just trying to help? If they can sell a Medicare Advantage plan to a person who's not sophisticated enough to examine all of their other options, they're going to make about 500 bucks a year. If they sell a Medicare supplement plan like I sell, they're going to make about 50 bucks a year. So that's the motivation. They're not altruistic and they're not, uh, you know, they're, they're driven by the profit. Motive, by profits. Is, it's okay. not evil. It's not evil, but the government has opened the door to this. Right. Now, now do you, um, how long, how long have you been in your industry out of curiosity? I started in 1975. Oh, wow. Started in the insurance industry then. And I finally decided to, to, uh, concentrate on Medicare just like five or six years ago. I wrote a book called Medicare for the lazy man. Right. simplest and easiest guide ever. And I renew that book. I rewrite that book every year to bring it up to date with current uh, regulations and so forth. And so that's uh, on sale at Amazon, very inexpensively priced. And that's what most of my clientele comes from. They read the book and they say, wow, I wouldn't have known to avoid a Medicare Advantage plan if I hadn't read this book. Oh, good. Now you're, you're, uh, Still a spring chicken. So you plan on working for quite some some time more, or are you you're thinking about calling it quits anytime soon? I'm not going to call it quits. I'm going to hang in there until they carry me out of here. But I've got a <laughs> lot of years on you. I got to tell you right yeah. now, you're a young man. I'm trying and, to get uh, there. <laughs> well, you do it in style like you are, because I appreciate the work you're doing. I think Thank it's you. fantastic. I had a couple of things I wanted to mention. Sure. Um, you mentioned a comedic uh, skit called uh, uh women's suffrage uh it was a bunch of guys going around asking women shouldn't isn't it time to end the suffrage because women have suffered enough yeah did did you find it oh i watched it when it was first aired okay probably 25 years ago no 20 20 years ago it was on the man show it was <laughs> it was adam carolla and i hate to mention jimmy kimmel's name because he's turned into the, uh, dark, side. the dark side but I do like Adam Carolla very much. And yeah. they set up a table in the very first episode of the man show. And they went around and, and they were getting signatures on a women's suffrage petition to end the suffering of women. So that was pretty good. That was interesting. There's another one. If you find he's a younger guy, he works for uh, Prager U, or he's associated with Prager U, and he's walking around on the streets, uh, California or New York. It's hard to tell in the background. And he was just going around asking women. And just go up with the microphone. Hey, got a question for you. What do you think of women's suffrage? And didn't really elaborate any more than that. And they go, oh, women have suffered enough. We got to get rid of that bill and everything. Until finally he came up on this one girl. And I believe if my memory serves me correct. They were sitting on the uh, stairs somewhere uh, outside. And he asked her and she goes, wait a minute. 
women's right to vote? She's like, no. <laughs> and he was like, thank God, finally somebody. Well, well that's what happened with Adam Carolla. They they finally, after a bunch of dummies uh, signed the petition, they found a woman trying to stop them. Hey, don't sign this. Those guys are evil. And it was <laughs> it was pretty funny. Also, I, I wanted to go look at your one of your YouTube um, uh, 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 videos, and I saw a um, thing listed right next to it on the side. Uh, they have a whole bunch of other videos that you might want to watch, and it was Celebrity Dating Game starring AOC. Oh, my I God. Thought, I, thought I, I might have to fantastic. check that out. Well, uh, I'm saving you and your listeners some time because it wasn't as funny as I wanted it to okay. be. It was great, but it just wasn't comedically good. So I can right. save you some some five minutes of your life there. <laughs> and then you were talking about old books, how you love old books, and I'm yeah. the same way. Uh, when I was a kid, my parents decided to build a house, so they sold the one we had and rented a house that had like three stories, had a big attic in it. When I was a kid, I went up in that attic, and I found an Applegate encyclopedia, a whole set of encyclopedias from 1898. Wow, amazing. And these things were beautiful, beautifully oh, yeah. bound books. I don't know why somebody left them up there, because no computers, no internet at the no. time I found these books. And so I would look up stuff like Africa. If you looked up Africa in an 1898 encyclopedia you saw a whole different map all the european countries had the colonies in africa and uh indonesia you know uh southeast asia which later became vietnam and and thailand and cambodia everything was totally different back then scientific stuff well you know there are spirits in the body and you gotta you know excise your spirit so <laughs> that it, kind of stuff it's amazing because it's such a a wealth of knowledge and if you, you get to a point where it's more trusted, even though we've evolved and learned from it, so you know that some of it is outdated, at the time, it was it's just such solid information, especially when it comes to historical facts and whatnot. It, it's really, truly amazing. One of my big things is uh, the Bible. I always wanted to know, over the course of time, did somebody come and rewrite this and change subtle words here and there and whatnot? And the oldest Bible that I currently own is from 1854. And I can assure mm -hmm. you that from 1854, if you have the King James Version, it is word for word what it was back then. So at least that gives me some comfort knowing that almost, uh, what, 200 years later and not too long, right. we're still got the same literature coming out of it. But what about the day King, King James assigned somebody to rewrite that, the Bible? That's, yeah, and unless you then. speak, right, that, unless you're an interpreter or you know the ancient language, it'd be tough. Yeah, well, that's where the Dead Sea Scrolls got to be famous, because they think that's the original version of the Bible written in the Aramaic or whatever language they had back then. Right. Found them in a cave in jugs. And so they're, that's the source, they think, of the Bible. But obviously, through the years, interpretations have changed, and they've, they've updated it. But you're saying that it's been pretty stable for the last— uh, For at least the last couple hundred years. Well, that's good. That's yeah, good. That's positive. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, I, I always enjoy your podcast and I, uh, I enjoy the work you're doing and I want you to keep it up because you're doing, uh, what you're doing is uh, talking to people that may not have really gotten the message yet. The more of us out there talking about that, what I do is I have a podcast where I talk to people about Medicare, but that's kind of a dry subject. So my technical uh, guru, my podcast engineer, and I do as much goofing around as we do medical information. But uh, the whole thing is that I don't want to scare away even the lefties that may benefit from the service that I offer, which well, absolutely. is 
warnings to stay away from Medicare. So my podcast isn't as political as yours is, but I, and my wife always tells me, don't, don't do that. You know, you're going to chase people away. Yeah. There's some, there's some industries where it's not necessary. Yours shouldn't be a political thing because you're just trying to help people make sure that they get what they need, especially in the years that they're going into where finances are a lot tighter, you know, if we're all honest with each other. So it shouldn't be, and not everything needs to be political. Mine is specifically for that, but there's plenty of stuff that I, I am a type of person. If I'm going for entertainment or listening there's lots of stuff I don't want to hear any politics in at all. I just want to enjoy and watch or listen, laugh a little bit and not think about it because in today's climate, that's all it is, is everything is now being politicized. I'm with you. When we got two sides at war with each other, that takes all the fun out of it. And I'd rather just, uh, I'd rather just enjoy many times, uh, and relax and, and be able to, uh, Yes, absolutely. Uh, there was a an interesting interview with a family I saw a few years ago, not many years ago. Uh, they moved up here from Venezuela or someplace in South America. They did it legally. They got on the waiting list. They filled out the paperwork. They waited and they waited and they waited. This family, the wife, the husband, the wife, and the kids moved to the United States, took up residence someplace. And after about six months, a reporter found him and said, what do you think about life in America? Is it everything you hoped it would be? And they said, well, you know, we used to watch American television all the time back in our old home. And we wonder where all the colored people are. There are no black people in America. Like we thought there were from the television. Yeah, well, 13%, 13 yeah. point, whatever it is, 7% of the population. But exactly. Uh, that just shows you how I think unbalanced things are. They want to act that one side is so suppressed and they can't do anything. But yet, if you look at all your major sports, all your athletes, the music industry, acting, TV shows, TV series, for them only being 13% versus 11% Hispanic versus 60-something percent uh, uh, white, they are very dominant in a lot of these things where... I don't see the privilege that they claim that we all have here. So I think the days of discrimination are long gone. If you go to law schools, uh, graduate schools, uh, they're, they're actually, there's reverse discrimination. They're being given more than a fair shake in some cases to the um, detriment of some other minorities that are also high, you know, fast starters and um, good students and so forth. A lot of Asians, I think are aced out. Yep. by the minorities that are given preferential treatment. So uh, it's not perfect, and I would like to see it improved, but I don't see any reason for all this angst and, and uh, you know, the pen- animosity. The, yeah, the pendulum swung too far to one direction. It's got to come back towards the center where we can have peaceful discord and everybody can get on the same page and agree to disagree. We're not always going to agree on everything, but at least we can do it peacefully and get back to a nicer way of being with each other. I agree with you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Douglas, what is your podcast? Go ahead and give everybody your podcast in case they want to check you out. My podcast, ironically, is Medicare for the Lazy Man. Where did I get that name? I looked in the mirror one day and I said, aha. But uh, <laughs> Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast is me talking at you three times a week about Medicare for maybe 20 minutes or a half an hour. My book is Medicare for the Lazy Man. And the 2022 edition is out now, and that's on uh, Amazon.com. It's uh, also an Audible. Uh, it's a Kindle version and hardcover. I found out people buy hardcovers for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. Because <laughs> if I bought a Medicare book, I'd sign up for Medicare and throw it away. But, uh, you know, apparently people are putting them on their shelves. So hey, you never uh, know when you need them. 
Exactly right. Exactly right. So what I do is I ask people to read the book and then often they contact me and they say, I understand more about Medicare than I thought I would. Would you help me get my Medicare coverages? Because you have to have an insurance license to help people. Right. So now well, the book, the, the your podcast can be downloaded anywhere you're on all platforms. Anywhere. Anywhere. Okay, what I do is when I go to my friends' houses, if they've got Alexa, when nobody's listening, I go, Alexa, play Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. Just and to make sure. The, instead of the music, here comes my voice. <laughs> <laughs> you set them up. That's good. That's a good deal. And now, the book, Amazon and pretty much anywhere else you can find it, or is it exclusive? Amazon publishes it, so I give them exclusivity. And then there's a paperback version on Barnes & Noble. If you don't want to deal with Amazon because you don't want to put any extra money in Jeff Bezos's pocket, then you can go to Barnes and Noble and get the uh, uh, the uh, paperback version. All right, perfect. All right, Doug, I appreciate you coming on with me this morning. Thank well, thanks you for, for listening. having me. It's been a ball, and I'll be listening with greater. Well, that about wraps it up. I had a good time with uh, Little Joe in his conservative corner, and it was uh, more fun than I even expected it would be. Uh, I knew it would be entertaining, but it was uh, a bonding experience. If little Joe ever wants to do any more chatting, I'm at his disposal. And if you are looking for the conservative point of view on current events, then I think uh, little Joe's conservative corner would be a good place for you to hang your hat and listen to uh, some conservative opinions of news events that are occurring right now. So I highly recommend Little Joe's Conservative Corner, and I highly recommend Medicare for the Lazy Man, one of the best podcasts I'm capable of doing. So until we meet again, stay safe, stay sane, and uh, we'll look forward to our next opportunity. Bye-bye.